Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 827, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 22, verses 41 through 46. Let's read our passage. While the Pharisees were together, Jesus questioned them, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? They replied, David's. He asked them, How is it then that David, inspired by the Spirit, calls him Lord? The Lord declared to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David calls him Lord, then how can he be his son? No one was able to answer him at all, and from that day no one dared to question him any more. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this Gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah. We're in the section now where Jesus is in Jerusalem. Jesus had been telling his disciples that he was going to go to Jerusalem, be abused, be arrested, be executed, but rise again on the third day. They don't fully understand all that, but they do recognize that he is the Messiah and he's going to Jerusalem to establish the kingdom of heaven. Now, we've seen him interacting with the religious leaders in Jerusalem at the temple. The chief priests and the elders came to him and said, What authority do you have to do these things? And who gave you that authority? Jesus turned around and asked them about the authority of John the Baptist. They couldn't give him an answer, so Jesus said, I'm not going to tell you then about my authority. But then he went on to tell them three parables. The parable of the two sons working in the vineyard, the parable of the landowner and the wicked tenants, and the parable of the king and the wedding banquet. And through all these was showing the failure to do God's will. And Matthew tells us they knew he was talking about them. So they started looking for a way to arrest him. So people started coming to him then with questions to ask him publicly questions to try and get him in trouble. Either in trouble with the crowd, in trouble with the Roman authorities, or in trouble with the Jewish authorities. First the Pharisees and the Herodians came together and asked him about the question, is it lawful to pay taxes to Rome? Then the Sadducees came and asked him about marriage and the resurrection. Then an expert in the law, a Pharisee, came and asked him what was the greatest commandment. And he gave great answers to all these that really silenced the opponents. And the last group that came to him was one of the Pharisees, this expert in the law about the greatest commandment. So we pick it up in verse 41. While the Pharisees were together, Jesus questioned them. Seems the Pharisees are the main group in opposing him, or at least the one that Jesus deals with the most and the most publicly. And I don't know if that's perhaps that the Pharisees had the most public support amongst the crowds, or they were just the most vehement in opposing him, but he deals with the Pharisees, and here he turns around and asks them a question. Verse 42, what do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? They replied, David's. So he asks them about the Messiah. Now, the Messiah is a Hebrew word, Hebrew or Aramaic, and it means the anointed one. Christ is the Greek word. Actually, it's Christos is the Greek word, and that means anointed one. So they mean the same thing. 
And if you look at the Greek text in Matthew, it uses Christos, Christ, because that's the Greek word, and Matthew's gospel is written in Greek. But when Jesus was speaking with this group in Jerusalem, he was probably speaking Aramaic, in which case what he probably really said was Messiah. So the challenge when you're translating the Greek to English, what word do you use? Because they're both foreign words. And so you'll find a split. Some English translations use Christ. Some English translations use Messiah. So the King James, the ESV, the New American Standard, all use Christ, where the CSV, NIV, NLT, all use Messiah, which is right. They're both right. They both mean the same thing. So he asked them about the Messiah. Whose son is he? And they say David's. That would be the standard thinking. Because there's a lot of Messiah language in the Old Testament that refer to him as the son of David. So it's not a wrong answer. And that would be the standard answer. Any Jew who knows anything about his scripture would be able to answer that at the drop of a hat. That the Messiah is the son of David. In fact, that's what the children were singing in the temple area, they got the chief priests and scribes all upset. They were dancing around singing Hosanna to the son of David. And the chief priests and scribes said, Jesus, do you hear what they're saying? And Jesus says, yeah, I sure do. And so they have seen that already attributed to Jesus and they didn't like it because they understand the son of David means the Messiah. But then verse 43, he asked them, how is it then that David, inspired by the Spirit, calls him Lord? So he is going to quote from Psalm 110, verse 1, which was understood to be a psalm of David. It says in the heading, a psalm of David. But he says, David, inspired by the Spirit, which carries the assumption, understanding, that Scripture is inspired by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Then he quotes the psalm, verse 44. The Lord declared to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. This is Psalm 110, verse 1. Then Jesus asked the question in verse 45. If David calls him Lord, then how can he be his son? There's three assumptions here in what Jesus is saying. One is that the speaker in the psalm is David. It's a psalm of David. This is a, a psalm that somebody else has actually written bragging about David. Or is the speaker in the psalm here David? Is this David speaking when the person says, The Lord declared to my Lord? Is that David speaking or someone speaking about David? So it is assumed that the speaker is David. There's also the assumption that the speaker is speaking about the Messiah. And then there's the assumption that this someone described as my Lord is superior to the one speaking. And so if those things are, are correct, this is David speaking, saying, the Lord declared to my Lord. The Lord being God declared to my Lord, someone superior to David speaking about the Messiah. So if David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? So are all three of these assumptions correct? That the speaker is David, and David's speaking about the Messiah, and that this Lord is superior then to the speaker, who is David? Well, 
a lot of biblical scholars argue about those three assumptions. However, it seems that the people Jesus was speaking to agreed with every one of those assumptions because of verse 46. No one was able to answer him at all. And from that day, no one dared to question him anymore. So that says that the people he's speaking to, the Pharisees, the scribes, the experts in the law, they couldn't come back on that. They couldn't come back and say, well, that's not a psalm of David. They understood it's a psalm of David. That's not a psalm about the Messiah. They understood it's a psalm about the Messiah. That's not saying that the Lord is, he's speaking of would be superior to David. They understood that. That's exactly what he's saying. And so they didn't have a comeback for him. No one was able to answer him at all, and no one dared to question him anymore. So, yeah, he got it right in their eyes, my eyes too. So they didn't have a comeback. That's the interesting question, though. Because Ben called him son of David. And Jesus asked then, well, how can he be the son of David, speaking about the Messiah? He said, what do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said, son of David. He quotes Psalm 110. They said, well, how can he then be the son of David? So does this mean that the Messiah is not the son of David? Well, actually, yes, it does, but it's much more. Let's uh, take a minute and look at Psalm 110. What's going on there? Verse 1. This is the declaration of the Lord to my Lord. Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. So this is speaking about the Messiah, someone greater than David, the Lord of David. But in verse 2, he says, The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion, rule over your surrounding enemies. Here you see the speaking of the Messiah as a king figure. Then in verse 4, The Lord has sworn an oath that will not take it back. You are a priest forever, according to the pattern of Melchizedek. So it's describing the idea of being a priest to the Messiah. And the, the pattern of Melchizedek, that's just this weird, one-off, strange man who appears out of nowhere in Genesis as a priest of God. So here we see the Messiah as a priest of God, not part of the Aaronic priesthood that the Jews are used to, but this strange God-sent priest as the ruler of his people, a king figure, and the Lord of David. So this is the picture we get from Psalm 110 of the Messiah. Now, is he the son of David? Sure, he's the physical son of David. And as the son of David, fit to be the king of God's people. But clearly the Messiah. It's not that he's not the son of David, but that's so inadequate to describe him. He's so much more than the son of David. So the question then, whose son is he? Son of David, yes. But there's been some hints when Jesus was telling the parables showing the coming judgment on the religious leaders, the parable of the landowner and the wicked tenants, and there was the son. We say clearly the landowner figure is God, and the landowner sends his son, who is killed by the wicked tenants. Did they get the hints in there that Jesus is the one who is the son of the landowner, who is God? Maybe, maybe not at this point. They will get it very quickly, though. That, yes, he's not just the son of David. He is the son of God. It's so much bigger than that. In fact, in chapter 26, at the trial of Jesus before the ruling council, in verse 63, the high priest says, 
I command you, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. And that becomes the basis for his execution. Jesus responds, and they say, we've heard this blasphemy. There's nothing more to hear. And so they twist the arm of the Roman governor to have him executed because he is not just the son of David, but the son of God. This is always the big question when we're talking about Jesus to people. Who is Jesus? A good teacher? Yeah. A good man? Yeah. The Messiah? Yeah. The son of David? Yeah. Son of God? Absolutely. Even bigger than that, when we start to understand the Trinity, he's not just the Son of God, he is God, the Son. And so we're speaking with somebody about who Jesus is. It's always important to get that clear. Who do they understand Jesus is? And can you you then guide them to a correct understanding of who Jesus is? Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time. So continue working through Matthew.